0: Hey everyone, Ethan Elkin and I recorded a podcast about the upcoming NBA All-Star Game. Shortly after we finished recording, the news broke that Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna were among the nine people who died in a helicopter crash earlier Sunday morning. So our prayers of the Hero Well podcast go out to um, the Bryant family and the family of those uh, directly involved in, in this horrible tragedy. Um, we don't have a tribute podcast uh, episode for uh, Kawhi Bryant at the moment. I'm sure there's going to be a number of them out there. Um, you, you should listen to all of them. Uh, Kawhi Bryant, an 18 time NBA All Star. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and we'll get the podcast started. And welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davidson, and I'm joined by my good buddies, Ethan Huffman and Elkin Beltry. Now guys, where were you on that fateful evening when Zion Williamson did nothing and then hit a bunch of threes?
1: It was a great night. We had people, our neighbors over to watch the game. We were all very disappointed through three quarters. It was kind of like a snoozer. And then... I honestly had the most fun I've had watching basketball um, for a, for a five minute stretch there when Zion was hitting all those threes because he he li- he lines up that first one shoots the laser beam at the rim and it drops and the entire house erupted in cheers and then he comes down and he does it again and like I I obviously watch a ton of basketball and enjoy it all the time but the most fun I've had watching basketball because it was in a group setting we were all like just wanting. Nothing but success for Zion. And uh it, it was honestly it was just super fun.
2: Yeah, uh different experience to me. I was uh had a late
0: night at work and I was asleep. That's it. That's all I got. And so you, you, you were uh following along with it uh via the via the Twitters after the fact? Yes. I woke up next
2: morning and my phone just bleacher a report, ESPN, everything like Zion Williamson
0: debut. Mm-hmm. I, too, did not watch it. I uh, was coaching high school basketball, so, you know, I had to, had to follow along as well, so that was, that was what was going on, uh, on on my end.
1: It was electric, guys, because it, it, it was really disappointing. He looked like he hadn't played basketball in months, which he hasn't played basketball in months, and uh, the competitive level was a little little much from early early going, but when, <laughs> for some reason, he just had that laser beam uh, dialed in that night and threw, threw a few in. It was... It was like, honestly, like volume explosions every time that thing tickled the twine.
0: Well, today we are talking about our all-star uh, well, starters who have already been selected and our picks for who should be the reserves. As as you, Mel, you well may know, the reserves are selected by the head coaches. And so we are going to be the head coaches today uh, in deciding who should make it. From the East and the West. It should also be noted. We no longer do East and West. Uh, They're going to select Giannis and uh, LeBron. Are going to be selecting the teams. On February 6th. So you know. We'll we'll, 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 see, we'll see how that goes. But,
1: but the player pool still comes from the East and West. Which is why we do this exercise.
0: Which is why we do the exercise. But Zion Williamson will not be anywhere near this. So sorry we had to throw that in there at the beginning. But that will be it for him
1: coaches picks so what they're a wild card they can do whatever they want
0: that's true i, I bet you alvin Del, alvin Gentry's like guys we need this the nba is probably like guys we need this that's <laughs> uh, no one wants to watch the all-star game anymore if we, if we put zion in there it's still fresh
1: yeah everyone will watch it if that kid's in there
0: so let's go ahead and talk about the starters uh who were selected by obviously a combination of uh you know player and, and votes and all all sorts of other things and so uh Let's go ahead and um just run, run down things in the west because the west make a 100% of sense. In the west, in the back court, we've got James Harden, Luka Doncic. Front court, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis. Guys, is there really any um beef with what we've got? um from our west starters is there anything that we think should be different or should at least be mentioned
2: no i think this is pretty much i think it might be one of the easiest years because i think normally in previous years there has been some type of debate like oh who are you gonna have between these three guys but now it's just luca and james arden i bet you if steph curry was playing though being his steph curry self then we would have had some controversy but i'm definitely cool with this
0: yeah, and I think that, you know, since in the recent years since they've switched over to backcourt and frontcourt when they made those delineations rather than guards, forwards and centers, like if they did that, then you'd have some issues because as we know, Anthony Davis not, you know, really being adamant about not playing center, you would have probably had to figure something else out. And so, but this these are the five best players um uh, this year in the West, and so, yeah, I think we're good.
1: Yeah, I think the only other thing I'd say is mentioning that Steph Curry, um, you know, absence with his injuries, and with Klay Thompson for reserve-style players, um, Kawhi Leonard, I think, might not have been a starter if Curry would be playing and performing the way he we would expect him to, being fully healthy, and they might have made Luka a forward for the purposes of getting the action, because Kawhi missed several games with his, his load management knees and whatnot. I, I wonder how, how much finesse would have been made to include Luka, who is obviously needs to be a starter for this game.
0: Right. But the, the interesting thing is with the way that they've gone about, you know, delineating it and saying, you know, backcourt, frontcourt or guards, frontcourt, like Luca is in the guards, like in that guard spot. Like we know he sometimes, you know, because of his size can play up to the forward spot, but just with the way that they have split up the voting where it's not just pick your five best people. It is the still some sort of delineation because they want it to look like you know a basketball team. Yeah, I don't know if they would have been able to technically do that just because of where he is. You know, he's currently slated into the guards for votes. So yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what they would have done. The next one would have been Ah uh, Paul George. As yeah. far as I'm looking at, like the fan the fan vote mm-hmm. um, results. Obviously, there's more to it than just the fan vote, but. Uh yeah, Carmelo Anthony a couple spots down from that, so you know things devolve quickly.
1: Uh, and I, I was surprised. I just pulled up the uh, basketball reference play by play, uh, like minutes, positions of what where he's at, and seventy eight percent point guard, uh, twenty two percent shooting guard. And I'm guessing they're basing that off of not just role but also surrounding talent. And that point guard, like I, I bet I want, I would like to pull up Tim Harwood Jr. and see how much small forward he's playing. Which you know, he, I think he's been solidly a two guard most of his career. So like, it is a finesse, like, cause, but you know, what are you gonna do? It's positions are not super important. Yeah, uh, Tim Hardaway's playing 50% of his minutes at small forward, quote unquote. So I think, I think it's a lot of uh, pick and choosing what we identify as, which is fine. You know, it's not a big deal. I'm just glad it worked out this time to get Luca as a guard, not a small forward. Might need to flip flop that around Basketball Reference if we want to get the best players and starters all the time going forward.
0: Yes, yeah, so you're wanting someone from Basketball Reference to cook, cook the numbers to make it to make it better cook for us. Books. You know what? I, let's 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 just let's just do this. NBA, can we just say let's pick the five best players? If they all happen to be centers one year, who cares? Let's let's just start centers and and have it have it be fine. I mean, because like I don't I don't particularly care for this. Like we're going to get the five best people and. Yeah, you might you might get one extra front court, one extra back court person one time, uh, but people are generally, as they vote, there's going to be a really good guard. There's going to be a really good forward. You're not going to get. I just think it would be better if they just went about it that way. But you know what? T- t- tough to break the mold in, um, you know, in sports sometimes, especially when it comes to things so sacred as the NBA All Star Game.
1: Yep. Let's transition to the East now, guys. I'll run through the names, and we'll pick out a talking point from there. We got in the backcourt, Kimball Walker and Trey Young representing. Frontcourt, Jan Tacumbo, Pascal Siakam, and Joel Embiid. Guys, I think a really cool talking point of this is that in the Eastern Conference, we have three of the five being international players. That, that's like a cool thing, obviously, Luka in the West. But three out of five in the East is actually, I think, a really cool thing, showing how the league has uh, really... You know, we're not just pulling out European guys who are in, you know, other countries that are really good. We're pulling out guys who are absolute bona fide stars in this league. And that's that's really cool. So showing that we're getting to deeper pools of talent overseas and everywhere else.
0: 100 uh, percent. And um, yeah, it it could be interesting. It's, it's four if you look at the uh, east and west combined. I was hoping like if you could get like five and you have like a five on five thing But that, I don't know, might not play quite as well. I don't I don't know. But uh, we'll, we'll have to kind of figure that out once they make those decisions. When it comes to this, the, really the only, in my eyes, the only real controversial pick is Trey Young, just because of how trash the Atlanta Hawks are. You know, nearly, what are they, uh, like nearly the worst team in the league. Golden State just has a game and a half on them, uh, if you look at Tankathon. And so they... You know, can you really send someone to the All Star game when it seems as though the way that they are playing and the way that they're roster constructing is literally just to get Trey Young a whole bunch of counting stats?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not a super big fan of it. Like obviously like I have a little bit of bias thinking Jimmy Butler, who's really affected winning in Miami, should be on there. You if you break it down some advanced stats, like Jimmy Butler's not having as good of a season, like true like for example, we were talking about true shooting a lot pre pod and my guy, um, Trey Young, is at 59% on true shooting. Jimmy Butler is at 58%. So, like, it's not as big a gap as someone might think, given the fact that Jimmy Butler is shooting like 25% from three. He's having a terrible year from there. But then again, he does affect winning on so many levels. Trey Young is putting up a lot of good counting stats. Jimmy Butler is filling, you know, 20 points per game, six or seven rebounds, seven, seven assists, whereas Trey Young's getting 29 points and eight, almost nine assists. Like, where's. Very different styles of play. Trey Young's definitely more flashy, probably more cool on a, on a regular basis. But if there if there's going to be a tiebreaker for that, I would go with the guy who is orchestrating a, a team to the playoffs as we currently stand.
0: What are your thoughts, Alkin?
2: I think I'm in a similar way. And I, of course, even would take it a step further. Even looking at Trey Young, you guys probably don't feel the same way as me when it comes to this. I even would have gone with... Ben Simmons over Kemba Walker I would have I would have done that to tell you the truth not just trade not just bringing in Jimmy Butler over Trey Young but I would have done Ben Simmons over Kemba Walker like I like that like I mean Ben Simmons stats when when you look at them you can even compare them like I was looking at NBA.com trying to look at Ben Simmons versus Kemba Walker I mean Kemba Walker is going to have him some shooting percentages and and points per game because that's just what he does but I think looking at record then I mean, their team records, I think, are pretty close right now. I think Celtics might be fourth in the East. I have to look that up and Philly's third. But that's one thing I'll say. But the Trey Young thing, I think I kind of agree with you guys as far as his stats, like a guy who just gets a lot of stats on a bad team. Yeah. Ben
1: Simmons, I, I agree fully with you. Um, I took the Jimmy Butler approach because I'm, you know, obviously going to be a little bit of a homer here. Yeah, Philadelphia is three games uh, – a game and a half behind. Boston, Boston's a four, and Philadelphia is the six, but it's really bunched up uh, two through uh, six in the East. You know, I, I agree with you. Ben Simmons, and I think Jimmy Butler as well, both those guys are definitely great defensive players, and that – you know, shouldn't be overlooked when we're talking about an all-star selection. Also Ben Simmons shooting 40% from three, like says he's not a shooter. Weird, right? <laughs> um,
2: oh I, I really like
1: everyone, everyone on this pod knows I love Ben Simmons. Um, he's one of my favorite players. He, he actually leads the NBA in steals right now per game. And that's cool. And he's playing against a guy who is probably really close to Matisse Thybul, who gets his hands on everything. That's a just terrifying defensive,
0: defensive pairing there.
1: And, I would really like to see Ben Simmons as a starter as well, but I get Kimball Walker being a being an option there.
0: So with the only again, Ethan, the only issue with um with your guy, Jimmy Butler, is that they determine him as being a front court player. Which is because Which is which crazy. Which, 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 yeah, but it's just because you were seeing more and more three guard lineups being the primary um you know like basically being being the primary starting lineup for mo- for a lot of teams and so some of these people who would naturally be guards are now considered to be small forwards it's a it's an issue that i think the nba has to solve by you know doing the proper thing well
1: even still like jimmy butler starts at the two guard and i'm looking at basketball reference play by play and he's literally listed has has zero minutes logged per their play-by-play at two. Who,
0: who, who's, who's Miami Heat starting lineup? Who are they putting as the two guard then? They're oh, putting oh, Duncan of...
1: Robinson as the two guard.
0: Okay, yeah. Which,
1: I mean, I, I get it. Like, he He, <laughs> you know, fits that role. But, like, starting most games, Jimmy Butler does not guard the opposing wing unless he's, like in the two-guard spot. Like, Duncan Robinson usually gets the first nod at it, seeing if we can, like, get by with not putting our best defender on someone. And then Jimmy might switch over later. But Jimmy Butler, like, per basketball reference, play-by-play, is at 68% at the small forward and 32% at power forward, which I just find incredibly hard to believe because I feel like he never plays power forward because if he's out there, Derek Jones Jr. is playing power forward. Like, it's just I, – I think it's a little skewed on what we're, uh, what we're going with here and – it's not a big deal. It's like perception, but I don't know. I'm I'm not particularly a big fan of of how they broke that down. This is the first time I've looked at it.
0: Jimmy Butler, six foot seven, two hundred thirty pounds. He's not he's to basketball Duncan <laughs> Robinson, six foot seven, two hundred fifteen pounds. He according is, to Basketball Reference. Jimmy
1: Butler is six five.
0: <laughs> so, we're, we're just we're just saying. That, that that's probably what they what they did. there. like, well, you know, he's a little bit heavier. He must be the small forward. That's and then because of that, guess what? Or whoever they, or that whatever it's in the NBA. NBA is not going to Basketball Reference or going to their own. You know, right? But tough, tough there. Well, okay. I, oh, I was
1: gonna say, I think it's funny Derek Jones Jr. is listed at four percent as a power forward, and it must be a weight thing because he when he's <laughs> in the game, he's almost always playing power forward because like that's who he guards. He guards the most athletic front court player, which is. Generally, like a, a power forward for all these teams, like John Collins, we're talking about those kinds of guys. Like that is his quote-unquote position, even though he just defends wherever. And it's funny that he's only played four percent of his minutes at power forward because he's weighs like t- sixteen pounds.
0: NBA, get your action together. So basketball refs. Well, there's them too. I mean, everybody, everyone needs to get get themselves together. They're, those are the starters, um, and uh, that's fine. We're getting, most of our debate's going to happen with the reserves and, and discussion. Unfortunately, Elkin, you, you've you got to get out of here, don't you?
2: Uh, yeah, I have a meeting, and unfortunately, I wouldn't get the chance in real time to hear Ethan's reaction when you guys named Russell Westbrook as one of my Western reserves. That would have been a great time, but I can't wait to hear the pod or the rest of the pod once you guys put it out. So I'm
0: excited, but you guys have a good one? and I'm out. See ya. So, there are seven reserves from, from each Western Conference um you know I'm sorry, each Western, Eastern and Western Conference uh and we got, we got seven of them. Elkin did leave his picks for us, so we will, we will mention them. Um there's a lot of similarities, you know, as as one would expect, but there are some there are some differences uh within each of our selections. Ethan, let's start out West here. Um, things were pretty easy for the first, I don't know, three or four selections, but then things got tough. I don't know if that, you had the same uh, experience there.
1: I agree. We, we, I think we both as I discovered when I started putting my team with you having a few names listed already, we both really just, like said, all right, let's start at the top of the conference and work our way down. Who are the All-Stars? And so naturally our first two names that we, we put them in, we typed them in opposite, but Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, guys leading the Utah Jazz to a great amount of success here, especially recently. So recency bias might play a little bit of a role in why we, why they we have them so high, but they they've been crushing it. And Rudy Gobert, like this, if he doesn't get in this year, I just have a big question about what coaches are thinking. Coach, and it's the hypocrisy that Jeff, I think Jeff Van Gundy and Zach Little harp on a lot is that they they praise everyone who always tries hard and plays defense when they're talking about uh, coaching against somebody, but then they haven't rewarded the guy who is honestly the be- has been the best defender in the league for probably the last three years at a minimum, and. This year is going to be his year, I think. And then Donovan Mitchell, obviously carrying a great scoring volume, he he get, he gets in as well, and he's 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 phenomenal. He really is.
0: Yeah, and and it's like when I was initially typing up this list, I was you know going from take take a look at like at the standings and just going through to to begin making initial lists, weeding people off, and it's like oh, like Rudy Gobert, I guess like, I I know I need to put him there, but I mean who knows. If I can keep him there, because you know, there's there's been that narrative of well, he, he's probably not going to make it. But you know what? I was only really able to put one more name down before I was like, okay, I have to have Rudy Gobert in because at, at this point, we're dealing with a bunch of teams that just are well, just not very not very good record wise. And it's like, well, how am I going to be how am I going to be punishing Rudy Gobert because these other t- other t- people who are good you know, how can I do that to him? And so, you know, best defender in the league, uh, he should win defensive player of the year again. And, you know, him and Donovan Mitchell, you know, that's pretty good representation, I think, from that squad. Um, unfortunately, Ethan, Joe Ingles, or um, uh, Boyan should not make it, uh, as, as as you were um, thinking about there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was, it was more in jest, because I, I, I happen to like watching the Jazz play. Now, now that they actually have a fun offense, that uh, like they have always had a fun offense, believe it or not, listeners. Like they've always moved the ball well, they found open shots, but they've had a lot of guys who can't make the shots, and that's been the problem. And, and I, I want to talk about that a little bit more here. Donovan Mitchell, he is he's more efficient this year. He's playing better basketball, but he's still a bit of a chucker. And I want people to remember that when we uh, when we can, as his career advances, if he if he struggles when, in the playoffs or has different. Problems like I'm not telling you to dog him or anything because we like he's still a phenomenal guy, but he has some inefficiency hole holes in his game that I don't want to be overlooked because he's very fun and athletic. I mean Russell Westbrook and him are actually very similar players in how they play and the shot attempts they take. However, Donovan Mitchell shoots a much better percentage from three, but in terms of young young Westbrook versus young Mitchell, Westbrook much better at finishing at the rim, much better at getting to the rim consistently. And I just don't want us to forget that Don Mitchell has that hole that he ne- we need to see improvement on um, for him to continually take this spot. I don't want us to get stagnant and say, oh, Don Mitchell, he's good. Lock him in. I don't want that to be a, a practice that we develop, even though everyone that's listened to this podcast from day one knows Richard. This podcast, yep. me and you, we love Don Mitchell. We both wanted him on our teams in that draft.
0: Yep. Day one. Day one, indeed. Um, with so so we got those two guys from utah there makes sense two best guys there we also need to reward a team and a player um nikola Jokic, right we, we like if there was a we've got to put a center on this my guess is he would have been the one that would have been placed in the starters if they still had that i mean you, you could say well Rudy Gobert should have got it but they tend, to reward, they tend to reward someone like Jokic in a, in a situation like this. And he deserves to be in this all-star game. And if Anthony Davis wasn't healthy or whatever, like you could totally, totally find him in there. He's so unique of a player, and it's the type of thing you're, you're going to see really weird assists and passes that he'll make during the course of the game when, it's, when the game is not as serious and uh it'll, it'll just be a fun time having him in this all-star game
1: yeah he he's got a lot of areas to improve on as well um he's really his i, I don't want to look at all his like percentages right now because he had such a bad start this year when he seemed yeah. seemingly playing his way into shape but he's turned it around like his stat his counting stats and averages are like back to like where we expect them to be um but I, I want to see—I still want to see these things improve. But his vision, his 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 feel—all those things are just incredible. He he is the reason the Nuggets are effective. He's not a bad defender anymore. He's not a great defender, but he's not a bad defender anymore. And that's an important distinction when we're talking about a guy who's trying to lead his team through a tough Western Conference playoffs.
0: Indeed, it it should be noted that uh, his three-point percentage is up. Even from last year, like people don't recognize like him and Embiid were, you know, people love to kill Embiid for shooting threes and missing. Well, Jokic is at, you know, 30% last year and now he's up at 32 and, uh, still below his career average because of that, uh, 17, 18 season where he shot nearly 40%. Um, you know, that's, that's a weird, a weird thing for me. It's like, man, is that 17, 18 shooting season, uh, kind of, a, a blip in the radar, and the outlier here, rather than you know who, who we think Jokic actually is, but no matter whether he's shooting forty percent, which would be ridiculous, or whether he's shooting where he is, he's still a phenomenal player, and um, you know sh- should should make it really easily. He's the only, well, he is the first reserve. I think that we that we all decided you know, that he's got to be on 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 this squad. Yeah.
1: Like, it's it's interesting with his three-point percentage, right? Because I can only remember one game this year where I saw a team actively tell him to shoot, and I feel like he didn't miss from three that game. It was against the Atlanta Hawks, which are a bad defensive team, and they were probably looking at his percentage like, well, that's actually the worst shot the Nuggets are going to get, so let's let him shoot it. And he probably buoyed his percentage based on that one game. He's always been a good free-throw shooter. It's kind of weird. Like, his set shot, like obviously he's not going to be able to get it off um, with much... Um, defense like in c- coming down him he does have a pretty good little leaner shot that he's hit a lot of game winners on but that's been for more like 15 to 18 feet so it'd be interesting to see like if, if he gets any more versatility off that jumper and can keep his percentage you know rising again another another guy who he's making it for the second year in a row now assuming he gets voted in which I have to assume he will uh he he, we need, these are another thing. We, this is what we need to see from our superstars. We need them to keep improving on these things and like get make it harder and harder to poke a hole in his game.
0: I feel like as long as the Denver Nuggets are good, he's going to be making all-star games.
1: Yeah, because he's going to be the best player on the Denver Nuggets unless Murray Jr. does something crazy or Michael Porter Jr., who is very fun to watch and is working on a lot of things. He could definitely take a stride in the right direction and challenge that.
0: Yep. All right, let's get to someone else who is who's made all of our teams and who uh I will say pre pod, Ethan said, uh, it will be fisticuffs if you do not have him on your roster. And that is one Dame Lillard.
1: Yep. And I stand behind it. Damian Lillard is is an incredible player. I went I actually went to my first Blazers game of the year recently. It was against the Mavericks and here's the thing about the Blazers, you can't trust them right now because there's not a single good defensive player on the roster like when Trevor washed ish washed adjacent Trevor Ariza is your team's best defender that you just acquired so I saw Trevor Ariza's debut yeah that's a problem for the team (laughs) and we like it was kind of funny I was talking over over with my my housemates and every every bet that we liked on that on that game was Mavericks overs (laughs) and we took a Mm -hmm. lot of them and, yeah, they all worked out pretty well. And that, that part of the game is not Damian Lillard's fault. He's actually, I think, an improved defender. Like, he, his hustle is its hard to notice because, like, ever, it doesn't matter if he's playing good defense, the rest of the team's not. But he's he's really carrying this team. Like, the reason they're in any game is because Damian Lillard's having a, good, a great one. Like, I don't think they'll win a single game that he doesn't score 30 in. And that's a problem because he's only averaging 28 a game. So, he's having, having a tough go of it there.
0: But yeah and, he's
1: a he's a given he's a given all-star he's he's incredible
0: yeah and and we're what's interesting to me and we'll we'll get to this later is the when because this is when it comes to all-star discussions if you listen to you know na- national podcasts and that will talk about their or, or people on twitter who will talk about um who they think should should get it there tends to be a um an inconsistent an inconsistency where people will say oh that well this player's team isn't winning enough and therefore they shouldn't get it even though they're good people will say stuff like they are not impacting winning and if you look and you say well Damian Lillard I know him to be a player that impacts winning his situation just isn't good enough he's a good player that impacts winning the problem is they're having a down year they're they're you know their center, who, who was nearly, their, you know, pushing to be their second best player last year, right? Nurk was playing phenomenally.
1: He was their second best player last year. I actually think that's not anything ridiculous to say. He definitely, like, he was the second hub of the offense, and CJ rotated off it. I, I think Nurkic was their second best player. Best based, And then also, his defense was really good last year.
0: He goes down, and now he's out, and, you know, there's rumors about he might come back soon. Hopefully he does, but you've been you you've brought in uh Hassan Whiteside who is not the best fit for uh for Dame for Dame Willard and for this for, for this offense. He's gonna get you some counting stats, but the fit with what he does well isn't quite what they need. And and so you just begin to look and you see well they also have no no wing forward depth that uh, can can guard anyone, can can play what they can can be conducive to winning so the, the team as a whole is not there yet but sometimes we don't allow that for other people and in these discussions that happen you're going to see those inconsistencies and I just wanted to mention that here because Dame Willard someone who should be in the in the all-star game um does tend to get that overlooked a little bit for him where other yeah. people tend to not
1: well, we're talking about Trey Young earlier and how his sure. team's terrible and I mean granted Dame's team is significantly better than the Hawks, but there is better Mm -hmm. talent than the Hawks have. We talk about how there's no wings for the, the Blazers. I mean, Rodney hood was the best wing player we had and he tore his Achilles. So he went out as well, but Dame, I think when it comes down to it, we've seen when when we, when we've seen him do it for a while and Damian Lillard's been a playoff, like a a leader for the Blazers for, you know, like since his rookie year, honestly, like he was, he's been good enough to be an all-star almost his entire career. Like, we, we have a precedent set of him affecting winning, of him showing that he's a winning player. Like, we don't have that yet with Trey Young, which, I mean, yeah, it's only his second year, and he's going to make the All-Star team. But I think that's something that has... It does need to be earned a little bit. You need to put out a, a season where you're providing a winning formula before we just say, yes, you're not in as long as your stats count. And I think that's where Dame's at with his stats.
0: Yeah, I mean, Trey Young will obviously be nice in the All-Star game. He'll be able to fire off crazy threes and and make some crazy passes and that's what the all-star game tends to um, tends to want Uh, with with it though we don't know it's like well the Hawks are really bad yes that could be running cast but you know how good can they actually be when he might be the worst defender in the NBA who knows Uh, so those are all things that are valid for him but in the all-star game though that doesn't really matter as much I suppose but Anyways, we got Dame Lillard there. Let's get to someone else that we all have on the squad, Chris Paul. Um, we all have Chris Paul here because what the Oklahoma City Thunder are doing is incredibly impressive. And, yeah, you could say, well, uh, it's not all him. And, and you know, you've got uh, you know, Shea and you've got uh, Gallinari playing well. And, obviously, Steven Adams being consistent and, and you know, they are currently the seventh seed comfortably at the same time it's like well who should we reward let's go ahead and reward chris paul the guy who people gave up on and so our expectations he kind of superseded them for the year and i think i think it's it's someone he he should get in. and so
1: yeah so i I wanted to just take another look at uh, shy's or shay's uh stats before we uh We looked before we cement cement it. And here's the deal. Chris Paul is averaging 17 points per game to Shea's 19. Paul's getting five rebounds to Shea's six. Six assists to Shea's three. So counting stats, it does check out. He's also shooting better percentages from the field, three-point, and free throw. So all of his advanced shooting stats are going to be better as well. And here's the thing. Chris Paul, still a really good guard. He is doing everything you can ask of a guy his size. He's still a good defender. Honestly, I'm surprised at how good OKC's defense is sometimes because so they do run out there with the Chris Paul, um, Schro- Schrader, and um, and mm-hmm. Shea's out there. And, I mean, Shea and K- Paul are good defenders. I think Schro- Schrader is just a I- – I need to stop saying his name wrong. I- I just, it just freaks me out every time I say it. That's GA or Schroeder? <laughs> Schroeder, yeah, that guy. Okay. It's it just something – both of them, actually. I say them both wrong constantly. But Dennis Schroeder, Schrader, I, I see. I, I, Schroeder. Schroeder. I, I, why can't I say it, Richard? It's really frustrating. He's kind of that, like, just hustle. I get, I'm get i annoying. He's not actually a good defender. He did have a really saucy move on Jordan McLaughlin in the Wolves game the other night. But they're, they're holding up defensively with all those guys out there, I and mean, that's a big testament to Chris Paul being able to play above his weight when he's uh switched off onto someone that's a bit of a mismatch for him. But I, I, I got to give it to him. Precedent and... And honestly, his st- his stats are great, and he's re- obviously affecting winning because nobody had this team being a winning team. Some people thought they might hang around till they trade. I thought they would trade much quicker than this, but they're they're there, and they're playing really well.
0: Yeah, I mean S- uh, props to SGA with that too. You know, he's got to be the one to sign up to get those. Um... You know, either if if we've got traditional small forwards um out there, then he's got to be the one to guard those.
1: Yeah, he he's been known as a defender though. Like, he came in last, yes. like he came in as a defensive prospect. I was really high on him in the draft. I said he's going to just be a bigger, probably a little bit slower Mike Conley. I feel pretty vindicated in that take on how his style of play is translated. Um, but he's he's been incredible, and yeah, defensively, like he's he's a big guy, but he's he's not he's kind of light in the shorts, as some people will say, and he he holds up pretty well.
0: Yep, we like we we liked him coming out too. Um, let's go to now. Now we begin to diverge in the West. Mm, all right. Yes. Um, you and Elkin decided you were going to go with Brandon Ingram. Yes, so I did. Go ahead and uh, explain the case for Brandon Ingram.
1: So Brandon Ingram, um, I am picking him because I picked him for most improved player, and he's making me look good in that regard. So I am going to involve him in this all-star se- selection because I, let's go through the counting stats. 41 games played. He's got 25 points, tw- six rebounds and 4.3 assist shooting. Good percentages got 46 from the field, 39 from three 85 from the line. And up until this year, shooting had, had been the question of where, where, where will he get, find that last uh, spot of improvement? He shot 39% for a year, but that was on two attempts per game. This year, he's shooting 39% on six attempts per game, and his career right now is at 35%, which is, you know, as we like to say, pretty league average. His advanced stats, his true shooting is at the 59%, which is what we, we what we like to see. He's just made sh- consistent improvements for, as a player. He's he's exciting to watch now with his it improved off the dribble game. I I just I want to in, include him because of obviously he was my pick to be good. I thought the Pelicans would be a little bit better. I I thought they'd have Zion the whole year and still not make the playoffs. So that's an oversight on my end probably because they're going to be closer than I I thought and probably still fall short with him coming back this late. But I looked around. I, I, I see his statistical season. I'm, I'm going to roll with him and the lack of health that team's had. I'm going to give Ingram the nod because I picked him preseason.
0: I think it's a reasonable argument. I mean, if if you were looking at me, he's probably he's the first one that I left off. I would say, um, and and so I don't have any necessarily beef with it. I just wanted to, to you know recognize and and get other people in there, yeah. uh, other people, and you know you could have said, well, there's not a whole lot of wings out there uh, when we got to this West Reserve, and so it's nice to have someone like Brandon Ingram, but you know.
1: Oh, well, and with, with all that in mind, I'm, I'm looking at who I, I think we should talk about next, who you and, and Elkin agree on, which is Devin Booker. And honestly, their stats are very, very similar. Let me run through it for Devin real quick, if you don't mind. It's at 26 points per game, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, so it kind of swapping the boards and assists there. Um, 50% from the field, which is a little bit higher, but he's shooting a little bit lower percentage from 3 at 36, and shooting 92 from the line. And let's, I'm going to scroll down to his true shooting real quick. He is shooting... on true shooting so you know Richard maybe this is a point where I concede and say that he should make it at the end of the day I'm gonna roll with my pick just because we do need to have a little bit of disagreement here and Devin Booker fair pick I think those two are the ones that are most closely compared and honestly I probably should put him on over my last pick after looking at these numbers a little bit more closely,
0: uh, but you you, you don't want to. Oh, come on, you, can't, you you can't do that. You I won't re- reward some old school ball. Come I'm on.
1: gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my last pick. But you go ahead and talk about uh, your your case for Devin Booker. Um, aside from just the statistical part,
0: yeah, I mean, just he's he's a uh really good shooter. I think he is um a, a great scorer. This is the type of thing that I think he's made for. Similar to Trey Young, like these guys coming in. To the All Star Game, like this is, like this is what I want to see. I want to see people with the confidence of um, Russell Westbrook, but with the skill who can play a little bit better, who can actually shoot and make some shots. So uh, that that's basically it. This is a little bit of a shot at Elkin though, because he's the only one who's got Russell Westbrook on his ballot. And
1: some people just like to watch the world burn, Richard.
0: <laughs> Listen, I don't need Russell Westbrook to take uh, a billion shots that don't go in. Don't get me wrong. I got the man on my uh, fantasy team, counting stats for fantasy. So what if I lose field goal percentage and free throw percentage every every uh, single week? He gets me all the other stuff that I need. Doesn't mean there's something I want to necessarily watch in the All Star game. I just there's other things that are more exciting to me. However, like the persona of a Russell Westbrook uh, is obviously more like All Star game than the other guys that we're mentioning around here. But at the same time, you know, let's let's try to I don't know. It's time for something new. Here is all I'll say. I don't think that the season we just saw or the half season we just saw um, really warns us doing something like putting Russell Westbrook in. And if, if we're dealing with with um, you know, I know that Houston is a better team. I'm sorry. I just I I can't really deal with that. I, if we're gonna give other teams that are have bad records, you know, we're gonna give them some some all-star presence let me give someone like Devin Booker who can actually make shots um let me get him in there
1: well uh, and what what's your other pick here Richard because you said something new and I, I think that transitions nicely to who your last pick for the all-star game is
0: my guy John ja, ja Morant let, let's do it I mean listen if if we're gonna have if we're not gonna have Zion to bring the excite uh some some rookie excitement to the all-star game let's go ahead and bring ja Morant. It'll be fun. Uh, I'll I'll bet that it might even cause some other all stars to play some defense because maybe they don't want a rookie being there, and you know maybe it'll you know make them maybe we'll have to make tough shots. I probably not, but I mean you look at what um, John Morant has done, being being the guy again. We say this, we I feel like we say this every year. It's like man, rookie point guards really aren't don't tend to be that productive and and helpful, and actually harm you more than. More than they hurt you. I've been saying this past couple of years and it kind of been, um, you know, kind of been fought there. But, like, they're they're in the eighth seed right now. Yeah. They're, and and the reason after we expected them, I expected them to be one of the worst teams in the league because, you know, I thought it would just be fun. They're going to, I thought they were going to, want to hold on to their draft pick this year at the top of the draft. No, they're going for it. They want to make the playoffs and they want to make Andre Iguodala um, Looks like the bad guy here, and so with that, he is, the that, he, is the, he is the bad guy. So uh, let's uh, let let let's see John Morant in the All Star game. I'm here for it. I don't think it will happen, but I I just think that it would be it would be fun.
1: No, nope, I I don't disagree. It definitely be fun. I I know his counting stats are significantly less than Westbrook's. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, if you're looking for a fun factor, like John Morant can do all the fun athleticism things that Russell Westbrook does. But guess what? He also shoots a better percentage, so he's going to make some of those threes when he gets the pass thrown to him. And he's going to, like, be able to throw some really cool creative passes versus, like, oh, the defense crashed to me, so I just have a wide open pass to the corner and let's hope they make it. No, John Morant would be fantastic in this all-star setting. My last pick is not necessarily a All-Stars All-Star setting favorite, but I wanted to I wanted to note that this guy is still an efficient player, he's still really good at basketball. He doesn't play the way anyone else in the league does or should necessarily. <laughs> but DeMar DeRozan, no, true shooting of 60%. I want to acknowledge that he's having a good year. I, I I think the last two weeks I keep texting Richard that I really wish Demar Derozan was available for trade, and the Spurs wanted to tank, and I could just send some junk contracts to him for Demar Derozan, so he could be the Heat's sixth man. I would, I love, I love what the future holds for Demar Derozan in a 25 per, per minute per game 6 man scoring role, like playing like playing Lou Williams' role. But obviously, not shooting threes, like getting to the mid-range, assisting a lot. I honestly think that's going to be the perfect role for him to age into. I feel like his footwork's always going to be there. He's going to be able to get to his shot for a long time. As long as he can get the lift on his jumper from mid-range, he's going to be an effective scorer. I just feel like, defensively, he's going to get beat worse and worse as the years go on. But here, here it is. DeMar DeRozan was an all-star in the East. He would have been an all-star in the West. Put him in there.
0: <laughs> All right. So, let's go to the East now um east reserves this one was interesting as well obviously let's go ahead and let you reward your own squad uh i no one has beefs with either of these selections so go ahead ethan
1: yeah jimmy butler we've already made his case for why he could have been a starter he's a f- shoe in for like you know first in as a reserve and bam out bio you know i i have been a big fan of this kid. Was really que- Was really questionable about him when he first got drafted. Not because I didn't think he could be good. I liked him as a role in defensive big. Um, playing for the University of Kentucky. I actually really liked that University of Kentucky team. With Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox. But at the end of the day. This guy is shooting well from the field. He do- the only thing he doesn't do is shoot threes well. His free throw percentage should get better. It's at 69%. Which is nice but not good. Um, yeah we're just. The guy gets a lot of assists. He's at at 4.7 a game, not a big turnover machine. He's just such an effective player. And then, def- obviously, the defensive end of the ball, I, I honestly don't know. But I, between him and Ben Simmons, I'm trying to think of who is the most versatile defensive player in the league. And Kawhi obviously gets a nod there, but he doesn't play all the time anymore. So, he, like, he's not in the front of my mind. Do you have any ideas, Richard? Of, Giannis. Is, is Giannis, that's a good point, too. So, or would, you, would you say that bet- – let's just do a little quick count Giannis Kawhi I think Ben Simmons Ban out of bio is there anyone else like who'd, who'd round out the top five in that I'm just curious because I think I think those guys are in the top five of just most versatile defenders in our league
0: well Andre Roberson got some uh, votes for the all-star game and he hasn't played in a couple seasons so you oh, know maybe that, he's that's... the guy <laughs> um well versatile defenders I mean you've I think those are the those are the primary guys. I mean, you've got to begin to mention Anthony Davis uh, is
1: probably number 5.
0: Okay, but you got to begin to mention you know, Matisse Thibel um, yeah. in this as well, although he only plays like 20 minutes a game. Um but he's going to be in that discussion uh in the in the very near future. But I think that you've you've mentioned it like, you know, Ben Simmons, you can have him uh defending guards. I mean, Giannis, uh, you know, Ben Simmons can probably guard up to up to nearly all power forwards decently well. But the moment you get to centers, it becomes, you know, it depends on who you're playing. Luckily he's got, I mean, well, luckily or unluckily, he has Joel Embiid beat on his squad and he wouldn't be able to do anything with that. But also, yeah, there's all that. We don't need to get into that right now. No, um, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah.
1: D-Rail over here. Yeah, taking the podcast over.
0: Come on. Come on. Ah, well, so here's what's sad to me. Here's what's sad to me, Ethan. With, with with Bam, for example, I it let me just tell you what his what his fortunes are going to be. His fortunes are going to be LeBron James is going to select Anthony Davis unless Giannis gets to select him first, and because of that, it's going to be the LeBron Anthony Davis show. Anthony Davis is from Chicago, so he's going to get too much run, and because LeBron also doesn't want anything with Joel Embiid on his team, he'll go to the on the other side, and then we're going to get Bam as the backup center. In the West, and he's not going to get any run because it's going to be the Anthony Davis show in Chicago. I'm just telling you, that's what it is. I don't care. I don't so even care if he happen. plays
1: a game. I just want the recognition
0: for the kid. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So those are those are the two um, from from your squad. We should we should mention um, Elkin has has a, a, a team. Uh, a, a player from his from his squad that's making it, not a teammate because Elkin doesn't play the basketball. But um, DeMontis Sabonis, we we have him making it. Miles Turner, step to the side. Malcolm Brogdon, you're too injured. Victor Oladipo, we hope you get back soon. Demonte Sabonis, let's reward you because you're playing well and your team is well locked into the playoffs.
2: Yep,
1: 18 points per game, almost 13 rebounds a game, four uh, four and a half assists. Could do better from the field, honestly, but he's just he affects so much of what the Pacers do. A lot of offense gets ran through him in the high post and in the low post where he goes to score. And you know he's got the Zoolander move, as we say. He likes to get to his left hand, but people have not been able to stop it just yet. So we're we're gonna put him in there, and I honestly think this guy is ready to have a more prominent role. Say right now he's you know he's he's obviously shadowed with. Uh, Turner playing a lot of minutes with him, which I don't think is perfect for his offensive game, but it does cover up a lot of his defensive uh, problems. So can't get too mad about it because he he definitely has some improving to do defensively. But he's not the vertical athlete that Miles Turner can be. So for now it's working, and I'd like I want to see this team at full health in the playoffs with Victor Oladipo back, and hopefully he's at his like you know say 20 points per game at pretty good efficiency himself, and I, I, I would be scared to play this team in a lot of ways because they can bully ball you a little bit with some outside shooting from their guard spot. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how this team plays. It's a bonus. You're the one who gets the all-star nod because of Brogdon's uh, drooped three-point percentage right now and also his injuries. And Miles Turner, I'm sorry. You just do not have the counting stats in my eyes.
0: One thing that we should mention with coaches, I feel like sometimes they might – uh, like overlook some injuries although I, I maybe mean, like for example Kyrie Irving's not making it this year he's the man set out for for basically the entire first half of the uh of the year so like I don't think any coach is going to be out there harping for him you might see some harping for Brogdon still um but I think that we gotta give Sabonis the nod here um f- f- from the Pacers let's Let's now mention who we should have mentioned uh, a little bit earlier. We've not mentioned Ben Simmons yet. Uh, we, we mentioned him as, you know, wing defender, right? We've not mentioned him for uh, – or as a versatile defender. We've not mentioned him. We have him here as well. He's someone who is a lock for all of us uh, yes. with what he's been doing recently with Joel Embiid out of the starting lineup. That's been really nice. We uh, – I think everyone hopes and prays that him and Joel Embiid are on opposite teams for the – uh for, for this um yeah for for this game but we'll, we'll see it we'll see how it goes but uh i think that it's been fun what he's been able to do and you know he's, he's an easy one for us
1: yeah well, we mentioned him as we thought he also at least me and elkin thought he was a fair talk to be a starter for the all-star game when we talked about trey young and i think and he Kim should have been earlier
0: he, he should have been it because he i mean he's the one he's their point guard and
1: yeah, and he and like we talked about, I mean, him he's, he's a top five defender in terms of versatility in this league that mm-hmm. should be rewarded a little bit, especially since there's there's only one hole in his offensive game. And I'm still of the mindset that he's good enough that it doesn't actually matter yet. So I mean, that's that's my personal opinion. But I really do feel that way that he's he's a good enough everything else. that so you should be able to build the team around him that it doesn't matter. He should work on it. But it shouldn't matter at the end of the day.
0: Yep. Uh, let's get to one other person that we all had on our roster. Two. If we have two more. Yeah, we have. Well,
1: it's of oh, we both. Oh, yeah, two more. We, we have, have Chris more. Milton, who is the second best player on the best team in the NBA. And I don't really know what to say about him, other than this guy is just deadly consistent. He's he makes his shots. He get he can create for himself. He plays awesome off of. Yan Santana just doesn't even play that many minutes anymore because they blow everyone all the way out, shooting 40 almost 42% from three. It just does exactly what he's supposed to do. I yeah. I, everyone likes Chris Milton. I don't think anyone's in love with him, but everybody likes him.
0: Yeah, and everyone's will will easily say, hey, if you're the best team in the league, you should get you should get two All Stars. I like, agree. At, at least like I I remember when the when the Pistons were in their heyday, we were getting four, four All Stars. It was beautiful. Um. And uh, you know, it was it was probably not super warranted, but uh, you know, I it was, it was a good was a good time. We had uh, those four and we played Carmelo uh, at the same time, and um, it was a little taste of what could have been. Yeah, but that would have been good. Uh, anyways, Chris Middleton, we want you in there. Uh, if nothing else, so, to hear them say former Detroit Piston, they won't say that, but you know, <laughs> I'll say it. Gotcha.
1: The other the other guy we all agreed on was Bradley Beal, who plays for a stink team. But he puts up great numbers. You know, big mistake on you signing the extension there, Bradley. You should have thought through it yeah. a little bit more. So I don't feel bad for you for the situation you're in, because you 100% put yourself there. However, I I think you're playing well enough that you should not you should not get the blame. You're probably the, unfortunately you're probably the best defender on the team, and. You also are the best offensive player on the team. You're putting up your good counting stats. You're efficient. Let's give you the nod because obviously, like, there's there's not a perfect a perfect replacement for you. So let's get you in there, Bradley.
0: Yeah, you deserve to be there, man.
1: Should shouldn't have done that, and that's why Andre Drummond needs to get traded to Washington so they have a chance next year, so they don't have to trade him as soon as the season's over.
0: Yeah, they, they definitely um yeah we, we we've, we've talked about that. We've oh about man, that. I love we've it. We talked though. about that. All right, let's get down to uh, this is our our one our one difference. From,
2: from
0: yes, everybody, everyone, everyone has a different player here. All right, Ethan, you lay out the case for Kyle Lowry.
1: Kyle Lowry is a precedent All Star. He's playing on a really good team in the East, who have had a lot of injury problems, but it hasn't mattered. Kyle Lowry has led them through it, assisted by his lovely comp- um. Lovely friend, Fred Van Vliet, who has very similar accounting stats. Yep. Um, but I'll, I'll say this. The tiebreaker between Lowry and Fred Van Vliet is that Lowry is an annoying little little piece of crap that draws charges all the time. and so We don't want
0: that in the All-Star game. We Lincoln. don't.
1: We don't. But, it, you know, precedent takes over. This guy's made the All-Star team since 2014. He's still playing really well. He's efficient. His three-point percentage is the only thing that's not perfect about his game right now. But who knows? Maybe it'll come around. Kyle Lowry, you're playing on a good team. You're the second best player on that team. I like your team, so you get it.
0: That's what I no idea I was doing a canby for for Ethan the whole time. Get him out of there. We don't we don't want <laughs> we don't want uh, we don't want him taking charges. I can't wait. I can't wait till Kyle Lowry's in there and he takes a charge in the All Star game. And I'm just going to be tweeting it at Ethan and saying, you know hashtag fix fix the charge and uh, whatever else is out <laughs> I'm abolish, there just know, i'm abolishing the charge happen. don't even have it as abolish a okay fine abolish the charge. i'm gonna be that's exactly what i would be tweeting at ethan when it happens in the all-star game oh, when, when he goes up and and draws a charge on on what, who like luca and then injures him and then it's gonna be awful and then we gotta get him out of here. i'm just telling don't even don't even mess with it keep him far far away
1: Hey, I I hear you. Kyle Lowry, though, I think I think he's a better player, even still, than the other two guys that are going to get mentions here.
0: The only the only reason why I you know you mentioned Fred VanVleet being similar similar uh, statistics to a Kyle Lowry, Um, the only reason why Fred VanVleet like why I can't consider him is that. Steph Curry isn't in there, and so if Steph Curry is not in the All Star game, then what's the point of having Fred VanVleet in the All Star yeah, game? Yeah, that makes a lot of nominal sense. Nominal Curry stoppers. So that was that was the decision. Thinking, you know, the thinking there. The last one is not Andre Drummond for for you out there who think that I would go Homer. It's not Derrick Rose, although I will mention something in a moment there soon about, about him. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Yeah. Ben, been a force on my fantasy basketball team this year it's been great he if you can if you compare him with Jason Tatum who who Elkin has placed on his roster I'm sorry I like the things that Jalen Brown has done yes I know that Jason Tatum probably faces um you know slightly tougher defensive matchups because teams are afraid of his scoring ability uh but you know what give me give me Jalen Brown you know, maybe he can. Maybe he's been finishing at the rim just a little bit better than he than than he has in the past. Shooting a better percentage from the outside. So what if they might be some more 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 catch and shoot opportunities and whatever? But I I know that I would go with Jalen Brown here. Um, I just think that he has been the more consistent player for for this Boston team. What do you think? Well,
1: I like Jalen Brown more. I respect his – like, where his shots come from a lot better. Like, I think he – I don't know. These guys are both really tough because there's specific parts of their game I don't like about both of them. Um, I think Jalen Brown's a better defender, as I think you stated – I think he gets a tougher assignment. So when he gets victimized, it probably looks worse because he's guarding, you know, the Pascal Siakams, he's guarding all those guys that are a lot harder to keep in front of you. Whereas Tatum gets to kinda, you know, beat beat up on some lesser lesser offensive players who get stuck in a nice situation at the end of shot clocks. Jalen Brown shooting a better percentage from three this year. I don't know if I actually think he's a better shooter. Jason Tatum, I think, is a really good shooter, honestly. He just For some reason, likes to work his way into mid-range shots more than three-pointers, and I think that's the biggest hole in his game. But I do agree that Jason Tatum also gets the tougher assignments put on him, whereas he's guarded by your Jimmy Butlers and whatnot, and he has to try to work with that problem. But I I would go with you, Richard, for for this reason and this reason only. I I think Jalen Brown... Does not have negative impact games. He's very like very much like how Marcus Smart shoots horribly, but, but you still need him out there for how much of a, a difference maker he is on defense. Jalen Brown does that exact same thing when he's playing bound offense. He's gonna kill. He's gonna assault the other team on the defensive end. Jason Tatum, if he's having a bad offensive game, you really probably just would rather him not be on the court because he doesn't do a lot else for you at this stage of his development, other than rebounding because he's he's large. So Jalen Brown, I like your pick better than Elkins, and you know Jason Tatum, you probably should just get work your way out of Boston now because Jalen Brown's clearly the alpha here.
0: Yeah, th- th- this is this is also a part of it. I wanted I wanted to break up Boston by causing a little bit of internal, uh, you know, they're a little too happy there now that Kyrie's gone, and we're glad Kyrie's not mentioned. Uh, as a possibility here, but you know what? Let's go. I, I like the old Boston, where it was lots of uh, um, arguments and, and finger pointing and and uh, sideways stares and all. I, that's what I want to see more. I want to see more of that, and so we're going with uh, Jalen Jalen Brown here. I will say this: I was I was not happy, Ethan, when when I floated out the idea of Derek Rose. For the All Star Game now. Now before you say anything else, I I need to get my spiel out so that you can respond to it. I recognize that there are you know there are more people better people for the All Star Game. Would I trade Derrick Rose for any other player that we've mentioned so far in the All Star Game except for Chris Paul? Yes, I would, because I don't want that contract in because we've already got Blake Blake Chris Paul that thing is that that's already that, that's been done so uh any anyone in the east would i yes i would trade Derrick Rose for them so like i get it you know they're all better or better you know stage of their career however this is a game in chicago i think number 1 he should make it uh he should make it because of that you know that's one, that, that's one thing he's also having if you if you and I don't, I do not advocate for this usually, so I'm going against what I what I believe here. But if you go like per 36, oh. and, and and you compare it to you know his MVP season, his efficiencies and all those other things, it's essentially it's essentially the same season if you begin to look at that. Obviously, he's on a man's restriction, so doing something like that is obviously dumb and foolhardy. But he gets to the rim whenever he wants. He is uh, incredibly quick. So what if he doesn't give Andre Drummond lobs like he should on the pick and roll? He gets to his spots. He makes his shots. Tough floaters in the lane. And I think that having someone like him would bring more excitement to the all-star game than, I'm sorry, Elkin, Demonis Sabonis. So what if Demonis Sabonis deserves it over him? Having D. Rose in there would make things more interesting. Counterpoint to that? Having Taco Fall would also make it more interesting. Doesn't mean we always want to go for more interesting, but I think D. Rose would bring the right kind. Now, here's the real real reason why Derrick Rose should not be in this game. All right? After I say this, I will let you respond, Ethan. The real reason is because the, the captain's vote on February 6th, which just so happens, I believe, to be the trade deadline. And if that's the case... We can't have LeBron James trying to overdraft Derrick Rose in order to try to force a trade. I think the NBA learned from previous years that y- you should just wait to do this till after the deadline so we don't have, um, you know, indirect or direct tampering.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you made mm. you made a great point, Richard. Really pat you on pat yourself on the back for that one, pal. You you really you really made the good argument. Currently am. Yeah, I I, I can see you. They, they, I they, know you they this is not a visual medium for everyone, but for <laughs> me it is. You know, I think that I think that Duncan Robinson should make the All Star team because he's the, one of the most prolific shooters in the league. So how about okay,
0: that? Okay, Svi Luke Then let's let's bring him in. Is
1: he shooting 43% on 7.6 attempts per game?
0: Oh, oh, let's take a look right here. I didn't even try to pull it up here. Svima Kayaluk is currently making 43% on nearly five.
1: Oh, not so bad. How many games has he played?
0: He has played in 42. He's started 15. It's all really been since the Blake. It's all
1: been recently, I think.
0: Yeah, it's it's been that. Now. You know
1: what? I remember when that trade happened, and we both of us were really happy for the Pistons. we were like, oh, yeah, hey, we're like, hey, Svi,
0: like he's gonna be on the team for a while. Whereas Reggie mm-hmm. Bullock was
1: most certainly gonna be gone this year anyway.
0: Yeah, we so... were like, you know what? We're bringing someone. Obviously, Svee is not the defender that Reggie Bullock was. Um, but it's like, you know what? We 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 get, uh, we get we get the shooting, and so um, I w- I was here for it.
1: Do you know who uh, leads the Heat in effective field goal percentage that actually plays like all the games?
0: Don't tell me it's someone dumb like Kelly. Dunk- Duncan Robinson. Okay. <laughs>
1: now the actual leader is Udonis Haslam, who uh, is shooting a thousand, a hundred percent in effective field goal percentage. Oh, but he I'll he, he doesn't Fred. play Dunk one time. And Chris Silva, who's a, a two-way player that just got converted, he's he's second. But of, of everyday players, it's Duncan Robinson and Myers Leonard who just bang from three. Myers Leonard, by the way, still shooting fifty-two percent from three.
0: What, what what is the effective field goal percentage? Uh, oh, of... I said that wrong.
1: He's shooting forty forty forty-three percent from three. I read the regular percentage. My bad. What
0: what is the effective field goal percentage?
1: For Duncan or yeah, uh, for whoever six, your top guy six, is. Sixty-five percent.
0: Sixty-five percent, very nice. Christian Wood. Sixty-three and a half. Tony Snell, sixty-two. Come get him, Grizzlies. <laughs> come, come get him. Tony Snell shooting a nice, uh, basically the same thing. Forty-three percent on, I guess, four and a half temps per game. Markeith Morris, forty percent on four point three. I'm just, just trying to throw all this stuff hey, out there hey, for, for the trade deadline. Hey Richard, I think we've derailed the podcast again. I, this is we've we've reached the end. I don't know what else you want me to say. This is the end of the podcast. People are still listening. Then we just we need them to know that the Pistons are open for sale at the deadline. So,
1: all right for what's worth, those those fringy players on the Pistons kind of like them.
0: Langston Galloway.
1: Nah, now nah, nah you've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> would, would
0: Would you like to know that Thon Maker is shooting thirty five percent from three? Who? Thon Maker. Pears.